What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of B-Shafe Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the afternoon hours of Thursday, September 29th, 2022. Back with another week of NFL picks here on the podcast. I mentioned last week on our picks episode that I was going to make an effort to try and do this a little earlier. Now, it probably won't be valuable to you at all in terms of the Thursday night game because I don't know that you'll have a chance to listen. Maybe Apple Podcasts, Spotify, they'll have it posted by then. I'm not entirely sure. But I wanted to at least have it to where the the posting time, it would be time-stamped and everything that you would know. I picked the Thursday night game before the Thursday night game actually took place. So that's what I'm working on here. Hopefully, I'll be able to get this out and include the Thursday night game moving forward, ideally, in these picks because the last couple of weeks I've only had well, just 15 picks in total because I kept missing the Thursday night game. So tonight we'll get the Thursday night game between the Dolphins and the Bengals included in here. And I have a, a bit of a dilemma with that one. I'll explain what I mean by that and give you my official pick. But I'm I'm going to kind of hedge a little bit and I'll talk about what, I, what the situation is for that. But then we'll go through the rest of the NFL games for week four. And if I can pull it up, I'm going to look through the tweet that I sent a couple weeks ago and I haven't been able to get to it yet. But it was asking people for fantasy football players that they wanted information about comparing those players head-to-head for the rest of the season. I want to get into where I'm doing some podcasts specifically about fantasy football, but I want to focus on the art of the trade because people who know me and know my investment of time in fantasy football, they know I spend a lot of my time looking at leagues, looking at my teams, looking at other people's teams, trying to figure out where we match up for trades. It's a, a big part of what I enjoy about fantasy football, and I think there is a lot of strategy to it. And so I'll kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit and talk about some of the trades that I like to make. And I think comparing players rest of season is the thing that you can do to identify when it's a good idea to make a trade, when it maybe is not a good idea. You can wait a week on a guy, maybe his value goes up, things like that. So this is just going to be sort of a stream of consciousness way of diving into that realm. But I hope to get that a little more fine-tuned as time goes along. So I'll include some of those in today's podcast, and then I'll get on a better schedule moving forward where there will be a podcast specifically about fantasy, and it will be separate from this NFL Picks podcast that we do. So I want to start, though, with the NFL Picks, and then maybe we'll get into some of the fantasy comparisons toward the end, a little bit rapid fire, and then uh, expand that as we go into the future. As always, let me know what you want to hear from me in these podcasts. I believe it was Craig who said, hey, it would be great if you would put on the Patreon timestamps, which I'm going to work on the timestamps to try to give you a rough estimate. That might take a little bit of time, but at least the order of the picks that I make on the podcast and giving you the picks on Patreon in written format so you can just view them and then sort of scroll through the podcast more quickly if you don't want to hear the explanation for each game. That's another benefit of the Patreon. If you like B-Shape Daily, if you like it for my Cardinals content, if you enjoy the football content as we continue to ramp that up, we'll get into some college stuff as well. I'm just trying to make the time for it and, and discipline myself to the schedule. But that's all coming up, and it's going to be something that we continue into the fall. We'll do college basketball, a lot of sports betting content coming down the pike. So appreciate you guys for being with me for that. But if you want even more and you want to show your support for all of this, Patreon is the way to do it. Patreon.com slash bshafer12, same as my Twitter handle. You can sign up to be a patron on a monthly basis, and uh, we can, as Russell Wilson would say, let's ride. Let's ride with that. So appreciate you guys for joining me, though. Let's go ahead and jump right into the picks. We'll talk about last week's picks before we get into week four. We did pretty well against the spread on last week's podcast. Nine wins, five losses, and one push. 
We pushed the Bears Texans game. But other than that, we were pretty solid, nine and five, which is uh, a good winning percentage on the spread picks. Now, last week for the first time, I delved into the over unders as well. Not so good on that. So maybe we've got a ways to go in that department. Four ten and one on the totals. There were some games that the script I had it pretty much right on. Titans Raiders was pretty close. Cowboys Giants was pretty close. Uh, there were some others that just uh, didn't really pan out the way that I thought they would. For instance. Jaguars, Chargers. Didn't expect the Jaguars to hang 38 points on that Los Angeles defense, right? There were some mistakes that were made. So we'll continue to try to fine-tune that. Uh, I thought the Chiefs would put up 31 points. They put up 17. That was uh, an obvious situation that did not go very well for us there as well. And actually, that's a correction I need to make. 8-6-1 was actually the record last week. I don't know why I mismarked the Chiefs game. So still a winning record. Not as good as I thought it was. Not 9-5-1. We won 8 we lost six. We still pushed that Bears game, eight, six, and one. So hopefully we can continue to stay above 500 on the against the spread picks. And if I stay as horrible as I was last week on the totals, then I would advise for you to hear my picks and absolutely volume bet the opposite. If I if I establish a track record of being that bad on totals, uh, we, we might have an issue moving forward. As it is, though, let's go ahead and start with week four in the NFL. As we get into it, Miami traveling or have already traveled to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals for the Thursday night football game. Miami 3-0, leading that AFC East division after a surprising win last week over the Buffalo Bills. That was a game that we did pick correctly. Dolphins were getting 4.5 points. I still liked the Bills to win the game outright by a field goal, but we liked the Dolphins last week. And here's my dilemma with it this week. I have uh, found the jurisdiction of legality, and I've placed a few wagers on the Thursday night football game where I'm looking at the under because I saw the pass rush of Miami last week and what they did to Josh Allen and Buffalo and thought, man, we know that the Bengals' offensive line isn't very good. Joe Burrow might have an issue with this pass rush this week. There's also the element, though, that Miami could be a little bit worn out from last week's win. It was an emotional win to beat the Bills and take over first in that division. The NFL is topsy-turvy. Just when you think you've got it figured out, you don't more times than not. And they also had to travel early to Cincinnati because of the hurricane down in the, the Florida area. That may have affected them as well, having to be outside of their normal schedule already for a Thursday night game and then add in an additional early day. That means practice has been a little bit wonky probably for the Dolphins this week. And so even though I did place that wager on the under 47 and a half, and I also parlayed it with an outright win for the Dolphins, just based on that mindset of the explosive offense for the Dolphins, we'll see if Tua Tungavailoa is healthy or not. And if he plays in this game, I think he probably will, but you'll know obviously after Thursday if you're listening to this what took place. So I won't spend a lot of time on this game. But my dilemma is I put some money on it, but I'm in my picks contest as well, which at the end of the season, you'd like to win that for some money as well. But I'm getting some weird vibes suddenly the longer I think about this. So I'm hedging on the picks. I'm going to take the Bengals for my picks contest, but that has nothing to do with what I am officially putting together on this podcast. So for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to be taking the Miami Dolphins plus the three and a half points removed from my own personal weird hedging habits I'm officially locking in Miami plus three and a half and under on the 48 and a half because, again, I think it could be a little bit more of a defensive struggle. Miami Dolphins defense looked really good last week. Joe Burrow might be able to just evade the blitz and hit Jamar Chase and T. Higgins down the field for a lot of points. Maybe that ends up being the case, but even a score like 27-21 would end up staying under the 48 and a half, which it was 47 and a half. It's come up a little bit. I'm liking that even more. I'm going to take the under, but I hope I'm wrong, right? Like on a Thursday night football, don't you always want to start the fantasy week off hot? You want to see both teams go out and 
put up some points. It certainly could happen with two explosive offenses. You've got Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill on the one side, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase on the other. Hopefully we see some fireworks tonight, but I'm taking the Dolphins in the under. I'll go 27-20 Dolphins over the Bengals in this one. Now we get to the Sunday games. Minnesota at New Orleans, except it's not at New Orleans. It's actually being played overseas in London. Minnesota 2-1 and one against New Orleans 1-2. and two. That's an 8.30 a.m. Central kickoff on Sunday morning. Got to wake up early for that one. I'm going to go with the Vikings for this game. They're favored by three points. You always don't know what you're going to get when you throw in the variable of the overseas travel and which team is going to respond to that better. But I feel like with the injured status of Jameis Winston, and you think he's probably going to play, but Andy Dalton has been taking first-team reps this week. It's just a little bit strange to me, and I feel as though if Jameis does not play, that line probably moves even further in favor of Minnesota. So I'm comfortable with it at a field goal right now. I think it's going to have to be a bounce-back game for Justin Jefferson, who had 14 yards total last week, didn't do a whole lot. He's too dynamic, too explosive to not feed him the ball. And so I feel like Kirk Cousins is going to make an effort to do that this week. You might get uh, an interesting matchup, though, with Marshawn Lattimore if he ends up shadowing him. We saw in the first week Jair Alexander of Green Bay did not shadow Justin Jefferson. You saw how that went. Maybe Lattimore can lock him down, but I'm still thinking he's going to have a good game. And so I'll take the Vikings minus the three. The total 43, I think maybe there will be some more defensive lapses when you get going overseas. I, I, I like the offense to be able to get things going for more than 43 points. You've got Chris Olave that can strike for a deep shot. You can get Justin Jefferson on the other side. So 43, I think they can probably clear that. Give me something simple like 24-20 for the Vikings to end up winning this game overseas. So that's Vikings minus the three and over 43. And by the way, on that game, uh, Dalvin Cook is now upgraded to full practice on Thursday. So he's going to play. He might have to wear his device, his harness that he always wears after he separates his shoulder every year. But I think he's probably going to be just fine. So I don't really have that impacting my thoughts on this game at all. I think Dalvin maybe finally breaks out, has a good game in a script where they should be leading in this one. So yeah, give me the Vikings on that one. Moving on to the next one, Cleveland 2-1 and one at Atlanta. Browns are favored in this game by one and a half points. Let me make sure I have that right. One point now down to at DraftKings Sportsbook. This is interesting. I think this is a big opportunity for the Browns to really assert themselves because they're two and one already. Yes, you have to go on the road for this game, but they've looked pretty good. Their defense has played pretty well. Jacoby Brissett, I think, has been a good fit for this team and what they are looking to do in the absence of Deshaun Watson is just kind of stay above water, you know, survive in advance. That's the way they're playing right now, and it's working out to their advantage. Like, if you get a win like this, now you're you're bag, bagging another win to get to 3-1, and one, and suddenly it's going to be unlikely that you have a losing record, at least when Deshaun Watson returns. And when he does, I think this offense gets better, and so the Browns could be a team that looks to make some noise by making the playoffs this year. I think this is an important step for them in that process. I like the line movement toward the Falcons to make it closer to a pick than it was. I feel like the Browns win this game on the road. Don't count the Falcons out completely. They got a good win last week against Seattle. I don't hate this Falcons team. They play with a little bit of uh, a little bit of a spark, more so than you would have thought coming into the season. It's important for their season if they uh, want to not just kind of start focusing on the C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young sweepstakes and play for the draft pick. But I feel like that's going to end up being the result here. I don't like the Falcons' offense as much in this game. Uh, weirdly, right now, Cordero Patterson not practicing. He's been a big part of their offense over the, the games where they've done well. I just don't think it's going to be a situation where they're as explosive 
without him at, at full health. I, I think it's a knee that he's dealing with. They got to use Kyle Pitts and Drake London, but I, I just maybe this ends up being a game where Marcus Mariota gets figured out by the Browns is not as effective. I'm going to take Cleveland. Their defenses look pretty good. I'm thinking under on this game, uh, 47 and a half points. The Browns will score into the low to mid 20s. They could even get to 27 points themselves. I'll take Browns 27, Cleveland, or Cleveland. I'll take the Browns 27, Atlanta 17. I think it's a little bit of a rough outing for the Falcons at home. And it has them sort of uh, reevaluating where they stand this season. I hope I'm wrong. I'd like to see some of those good fantasy options from Atlanta do well this week. But I'm thinking uh, 10-point loss for the Falcons at home. Moving down the board, we'll go with, and I've been going in a weird order. I don't like that the picks on my, this is like such a personal problem. The picks on my website that I play this pick'em contest are not in the same order as DraftKings. So I'm just going to go by the DraftKings list right now because it'll make it easier for me to stop jumping tabs. Jacksonville Jaguars. At Philadelphia Eagles, is this the week where we find out truly that Doug Peterson's Jaguars are for real? That's Doug Peterson, former Super Bowl winning coach of the Eagles. There's that narrative coming into this game. The Eagles are home favorites by six and a half. They've looked really good as well. This is maybe the game I'm looking forward to most this week. Well, actually, that's not true. The the, the one I'm looking forward to most is the one we'll talk about next. But this is an interesting one as well. Two good defenses that have played well so far this year but also offenses that have been explosive that maybe in ways you didn't expect they would be. Jalen Hurts is running the ball as we always have seen him do, but he's really taken over as a passer as well. A.J. Brown helping him out a ton. Devontae Smith looks like a stud outside of that first week that he had. I like this Eagles offense. I like Jacksonville too. I'm taking the over in this game. I think the offenses can overwhelm the defenses, and the number's not too crazy high at 46. I think it's going to be one of those tough, close games. I'm taking Jacksonville. I think six and a half is too many. But, man, I I did that last week when I picked against the Eagles, and they looked really good against the Commanders. Carson Wentz, that revenge game didn't go well. So maybe Philly is going to get uh, another chance to make a former member of their organization look silly this week. That being said, I don't think it's going to happen necessarily. I'm taking Eagles 27, but Jacksonville is going to get to 23 points. That's going to be over the 46, but within the 6.5 points. So give me Jacksonville plus 6.5 in that game and over 46. Now onto the game that I said was my favorite of the week. I'm most excited about to watch this game in the NFL this week is Bills-Ravens. Talk about the potential for some fireworks, and I'm a sucker for the over. If you give me these games that on paper should be big shootouts, I'm going to tell you they're going to be. And sometimes that's not the case, right? Like last week against... The Miami Dolphins, you thought maybe that could be a shootout situation. And that was an example where I went under the 53 because I thought that was just that was just too many points. Given the way the defenses are capable of playing for Miami and, and for the Buffalo Bills. In this case, though, the Ravens defense is a different story. I think their defense is awful. I mean, they gave up 26 last week to the Patriots. That's a terrible offense. They got into the shootout with Miami a couple of weeks ago. I think they're going to do the same with Buffalo in this game. They're catching three points, though, at DraftKings Sportsbook, and I feel like of these two dynamic quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, the one that has the ability to just put his team on his back at the end and make sure that they get over the top, even though we didn't do it against the the Miami Dolphins and Tua, I still think it's Lamar Jackson at this point because I don't know the status of Gabe Davis for Buffalo. I expect him to be out this week based on reading the tea leaves. He practiced limited Wednesday, and then I saw a video where he looked to have tweaked his ankle a little bit running a route during Wednesday's practice. Did not practice on Thursday. So I'm going to expect Gabriel Davis to be out this week, which I think limits the Buffalo offense a little bit more. Isaiah McKenzie, fire him up for fantasy. He's going to be fantastic in this game. 
Uh, DFS as well, I think he's a great play. Stefan Diggs should do his normal stuff. But at the end of the day, I feel like the Ravens have the advantage in Baltimore for this one, and they're getting three points. I actually wouldn't be shocked to see the Ravens win this one outright, but it's probably going to be very close. At the end of the day, I'm going to take the Ravens plus the three, and I'm probably going to pick them to win it as well. Give me Ravens 30, Buffalo 27. 27 for the Bills, which means they lose by three. They're three-point favorites. That's six points to the good on the Ravens. So I'm I'm on Baltimore in the points and the over 51. I do think it gets over 51 points. That would have been, what, 57 for the total. So I like that in Bills-Ravens, but very excited to watch that game. Moving down the list to the Chicago Bears, heading to the New York Giants, who are 2-1. and one. Both these teams, 2-1, and one, and that maybe wouldn't have been something you'd have expected to begin the season, but their defenses have both played really well, which is why we see a total at 39.5 for the over-under. Yeah, I think it's going to be probably a relatively ugly game, uh, but then again, you, you you see these sometimes and they shoot way over. I'm looking at the run defense, though, for both teams. I feel like the Bears might have the advantage in that regard. Even if David Montgomery misses, Khalil Herbert looked very good as a runner last week. And I'm remembering back to Monday night when Tony Pollard had some big runs against the Giants' run defense. I think this is a game where on the road, Justin Fields finally has to have a better game and, and put the team on his back a little bit. He's allowed the defense to carry him so far to this 2-1 and one record. I think he's got more potential than Danny Dimes does to lead a game-winning drive, even though we just haven't seen it lately. I'm going to go with the Bears. They're plus 2.5. I think they win it out right on the road and improve to 3-1, and one, which is kind of crazy considering how bad that offense has looked. Boy, I'm I'm having a hard time not just predicting a, a brutal game. Like, the Giants are probably still without Wandale Robinson. They're probably still without Kadarius Toney. They haven't practiced at all to this point in the week as of this recording. Sterling Shepard tore his ACL. You've got, yeah, I mean, you've got Saquon Barkley, but that Bears run defense is pretty stout. I don't know, man. I'm taking the Bears plus the two and a half. I'm taking them to win the game outright. Give me Bears 20, Giants 17, which means under the 39 and a half points. Quickly moving along here, we've got another noon game, Commanders at Cowboys. I think Cooper Rush has a great game. I think he might even be viable for fantasy with the way that Commander's defense has been giving up points this year. Uh, The total is at 41. That's a low total. But I actually think with the capabilities of the Dallas offense that this game might end up going over. And their their defense looked good against the Giants last week. We were uh, right on with that total of 39 points a week ago. It was a, a split in that regard. That was the over-under, and it ended up finishing right at that number, I believe. And I feel like this is a case where maybe the Dallas defense might score a touchdown that leads to more points in the game. So that's why I'm thinking over 41 between Dallas and Washington. Cooper Rush has shown he can throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb. They might get Michael Gallup back this week. You got Zeke still. I think Tony Pollard is a stud. They're going to use him more as he just continues to look fresh and effective. Uh, The narrative of Carson Wentz garbage time last week did not come to fruition to keep them within the points against the Eagles, but they still have those pass-catching weapons, McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, John Dotson, the rookie. I feel like there's enough there to where in a divisional game they can keep it moderately close, but not close enough, not the three and a half points. So I'm thinking Dallas has a nice day offensively. Give me 27 points for the Cowboys. I'm going to say they limit Washington to, there's like a weird thing that happens at the game, 19, 27-19, Cowboys win. That's a total of, what, that's 46 points. Yeah, over the 41, I like the Cowboys in this game. I think Cooper Rush, again, he's 3-0 and as a starter in the NFL. Two this year, one last year. I think he gets another win this weekend before maybe getting uh, Dak Prescott back there. So Dallas feeling good about their backup quarterback situation. 
after the way they started, man, it's going to be interesting. But I think that Dallas is actually a viable team to be on track to make the playoffs. They're two and one right now. Couldn't prove to three and one with a win this week. Here's a game that when you look at the two teams involved, you might think, oh, two bad offenses. But I think the garbage time could be wonderful against really what's turned out to have been two rough defenses. That's the Lions hosting the Seahawks. 48 points is a big number, like I said, for what you'd expect for these two teams. But when you look at it a little more closely and break it down, I think that the offenses could have some success through the air. Like the Lions haven't had a good run defense or a good pass defense. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, I think big weeks are in store on the road. Geno Smith is competent enough to get him the football. So I think Seattle scores in this game. The Lions, they could score as well, but I'm worried about Amon Ross St. Brown. He hasn't practiced for a couple of days. He has been their version of Cooper Cup when he's healthy going back to week 12 or so last season. I don't know that he's going to play in this game, and that might be enough to convince me to go on the other side here with the Seahawks just because they're getting those four points. I might end up picking the Lions for a close win at home. Maybe it's a last-second field goal that gets it done, but I'm going to say that those four points are too many. So give me Seattle plus the four on the road, and I'm going to pick over because I desperately want it to be over in this game. That's going to land us at about 27-24. Lions end up getting the win, I'll say, but Seattle ends up covering on the plus four, which, again, is really the only thing that matters when we're picking against the spread. So over 48, plus four for Seattle. Rolling along with the noon games and what is a really noon-heavy week for the NFL, I guess you get that one at 8.30 in the morning, and that probably would have been a 3.25 game. Instead, it's at 8.30 a.m., and there you have it. Most of the other games take place at noon. So we'll roll on here with the Chargers at the Texans. Hopefully Justin Herbert is back and ready to go, and then this is a game where the Chargers can just kind of erupt. But the Texans' defense hasn't allowed much eruption to be had against them so far this season, and I'm still a little bit skeptical that the Chargers are going to be just locked and loaded, ready to go. I still think the Chargers win and cover in this game. Their defense has to have a better outing than it did against the Jacksonville Jaguars last week when it gave up 38. On the road, that could be a difficult task, but I think they're capable of getting it done. I'm going to say 24-17 to the Chargers win this game, which means minus the five points, they're safe on that, but it doesn't quite get to the total of 44 in this one. I just don't trust the offense for Houston quite enough. I think Jacksonville certainly has a better offense right now than the Texans, and it's going to maybe be another rough game for Houston, even at home. So I could see this being the one that we look back on and say, oh, wow, it went over 50, and we totally got the script wrong for this game because Herbert came back and Davis Mills on the other side maybe had some garbage time. But I'm going to say it's a, a better game for the Chargers offensively, but not a perfect one, and then a much better game for them defensively. 24 for the Chargers, 17 for the Texans. Chargers minus the 5 and under 44. Titans and Colts. The Titans head to Indianapolis to take on the Colts in this game. I bet on the Titans last week. I said they could beat the Raiders. I think they were two-point underdogs. I said it was a must-win game for Tennessee. It was a must-win game for the Raiders as well, but I wanted the team that had that situation at home. This week, I don't know if it's must-win, but you could say that it is because The Titans and Colts, if it's not the Jaguars at the end of the season in the AFC South, it's probably going to be one of these two teams because we don't think very much of the Texans. So it's going to be important to get those head-to-head wins. I just don't trust that Matt Ryan's going to be able to do it. I'm a little bit surprised by the three-and-a-half-point spread in favor of Indy in this game. I think it's because coming off of that game against the Chiefs, um, people are back into buying into the Colts, but I'm not. Just because I feel like the Chiefs lost that game a week ago more so than Indianapolis won it, And I feel the Titans have made the adjustments necessary to where they're going to be competitive in games. So 
even if the Titans don't win this one outright, I do think they keep it within the field goal. And right now they're getting three and a half points on the road. So I enjoy that for Tennessee. I think it's going to be right around that total of 43 and a half. Last week, I think the Titans won that game 24 to 22. So that was at 46. It's going to be similar this time. Go ahead and give me, I mean, it doesn't really matter what the score is. I'm taking the Titans and I'll say it's 23-20 that the Colts actually get the win. Unless I'm going to not be a coward. No, I I like the Titans. I'm going to say they win the game. Again, functionally, this part doesn't matter. But give me 23-20 Titans on the road. They beat the Colts, and they proved that Matt Ryan's win over the Chiefs last week was a little bit fluky. And I uh, part of the reason I like that is I think Traylon Burks is going to get more involved for the Titans this week, and he's their best probably downfield weapon when they get him going, the rookie wide receiver out of Arkansas. So I'm thinking that's going to be a big week for him. The offensive coordinator has been talking him up, saying they need to get him more involved. So maybe he's a weapon that Ryan Tannehill could use, and he sorely needs it. But Derrick Henry is also going to be a factor in this game against the Colts. So he's finally looking back to his final form. Uh, He had like five receptions last week, too. If you get Derrick Henry involved in the passing game, it's game over. It's just not fair. So I I like the Titans in this game, and I'm going to stick to it by saying that they win it outright. But it's just barely under the 43-and-a-half by going 23-20 to there. Finally, the last noon game on the slate is Jets at Steelers. I don't know how much I really even want to say about this game. Because I think the Steelers quarterback situation is bad. Mitchell Trubisky needs to probably be benched sooner rather than later. But how far is Mike Tomlin going to let this thing go is really the question there in Pittsburgh. I think around the quarterback position, the Steelers still have a pretty good team. They've got a solid defense. I love their pass catchers. George Pickens is going to be a real one. Stuff Najee Harris, like their offensive pieces are good. The guy throwing them the football is not. That being said, they're still favored in this one by three points at DraftKings Sportsbook. This is going to be the first game for Zach Wilson. I actually think the Jets might come out and play pretty good this week. And I I guess that's maybe partially wishful thinking because I want to see Mitchell Trubisky benched and maybe more losses would do that. I'm not bold enough to predict that this is going to be an outright win for the Jets, but I think Zach Wilson actually looks good. I expect he's going to come back and Jets fans are going to be enthused by his play after what they see this week. And the Jets defense hasn't been good. So I feel like even though the dysfunctional Steelers offense has been troublesome. I think this game gets over the 41.5 total. Give me Steelers 24, Jets 23. Late field goal by Chris Boswell is the thing that can seal it for the Steelers. That's the way I'm going in this game. Jets do get the cover, but unfortunately for New York fans, I'm going to say they don't quite get the win on the road. But with the Jets offense looking pretty decent and the Jets defense being bad, I think over 41.5 is a pick that I like quite a bit. So we'll, we'll say over in that game and fade the low total that seems to predict that it won't be a very offensive-friendly game. Five games left to get to. Let's try to get it done before I start my radio show here at 4 o'clock on this Thursday afternoon. Cardinals at Panthers. Cardinals are getting a point and a half against Carolina. I know that they've looked ugly in multiple facets of the game, but you're asking me Kyler Murray versus Baker Mayfield? Uh, I'm taking Kyler Murray in that situation. I think the Cardinals win this outright. Call me a fool. Call me a dummy. I know that their offense looked putrid against the Rams last week in a 20-12 to loss, but that Rams defense is still pretty good. They made the Super Bowl and won the darn thing last year. So I'm I'm not panicking on the Cardinals. I do think that they need improvements at the coaching spot. I don't love Cliff Kingsbury there. But again, I'm just not buying the Panthers' win last week. 22-14, they beat the Saints, injured Jameis Winston. They got some good defensive play. The defense is going to be a little bit tricky for Carolina, but I'm, I'm taking Arizona I just don't I just don't want to ever be in a position to pick the Panthers. And if you're giving me points with the team facing Carolina, that's probably the way that I'm going to go. Not a big fan of Matt Rule at all, as I said. So in this one, uh, totals at 43 and a half. I think that's probably relatively fair because the Cardinals 
have shown that explosiveness for their offense has not been their forte unless they're down a million points at the end of a game against the Raiders and need to to charge back. That being said, I don't really love the Panthers' offense either. I think I have to go over, though, because I just I just think there's enough playmaking ability within Kyler that if they're going to win this game, it's because they figured out a way to score. So I'm, I'm actually going to probably end up with a prediction handily over the 43.5. Give me Cardinals 27, Panthers 20 in this game. I was deciding between 20 and 23. Cardinals 27, Panthers 20. I think Arizona gets it done on the road despite being one-and-a-half-point favorites. That sends it over the 43-and-a-half total. Moving down the list to the next 3 o'clock game. This one's at 325 Central Time. Patriots at Packers. Packers are nine-point favorites. It's the largest line of the week at DraftKings Sportsbook. And I think that's probably for good reason. The Patriots are going to be rolling with Brian Hoyer. That hasn't been officially announced yet, but Mac Jones has a high ankle sprain, is what the reports have said. So I don't understand how it's even possible that they would consider still playing him. I guess you could tape him up, and he's a statue in the pocket, but he wasn't last week against the Ravens. He was moving around trying to make plays. I just don't understand how that's going to work out. But I'm not high on the Patriots' offense, regardless of Mac Jones' status. And if they don't have him, I think it's going to be even worse. So this is a game where the Packers can probably get right. But that being said, how right is it going to be against a Patriots' defense that is is still super capable? This could be an ugly game. I don't feel good about taking the Packers minus the nine points. Uh, it's it's hard to blow out a Bill Belichick team. I understand the Ravens did it last week by 11, but they still allowed 26 to this offense. I'm I'm finding myself very reluctant to take the Packers. Their offense has not looked great. Uh, Romeo Dobbs looked fantastic last week, and he might need to be involved again. But I just, in, in, a, in a game where the total is 40 and a half, I don't know that Green Bay can win by double digits. Like, if you're going to say the total is going to be around there, that just doesn't, like, 26-14, I just don't really see it. Going to be some field goal drives for the Packers that they wish were touchdowns. Green Bay is going to win this game. I don't feel good about the pieces uh, on either side in terms of fantasy. Give me Packers 20, Patriots 13. Like, I think it's an ugly game. I think it's one of the lowest scoring games of the week in the NFL. But I'm taking the Patriots plus the nine in the under 40 and a half. Last game on the Sunday afternoon slate is an AFC West showdown between the Broncos and the Raiders. Denver has looked putrid on offense, but has had a good defense that has led them to a two and one start. The Raiders have played okay in certain games, but they're 0-3 at this point, losing uh, close ones. They lose a close one to the Chargers week one. They fall to the Cardinals in week two after having that big lead, and then they couldn't get it done against the Titans. The Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites as an 0-3 team against a 2-1 Russell Wilson team. That tells you all you need to know about how bad this Denver Broncos offense has been. I love the Raiders in this game. I think they get their first win of the season. The total at 45-and-a-half, I don't know. Let me add up the points because I think Raiders are going to get to like 27 Give me 16 for the Broncos, which means 43 total points. I do not think it gets over the total if that is the case. I just I don't think the Broncos get to 20. I have no faith right now in their ability to move the football and they have to go on the road to Vegas to play this game. Raiders defense hasn't been terrible. Um, maybe this is the week where Russell Wilson breaks out of the slump, but I'm projecting that it isn't. So give me Raiders minus the 2.5. Give me the under 45.5 in a 27-16 final that the Raiders, they finally get on the board with a win in the AFC West. Sunday night football, it is going to be played in Tampa. After all, despite the potential for it to move to Minnesota would have been the domed location for that game if it was going to be neutral site due to Hurricane Ian. It will not be. The Chiefs are one-point underdogs at Tom Brady and the Bucks. Ah, uh, this is tricky. This could be the game that Tom Brady finally breaks out offensively because I think he could be getting Godwin back. He could be getting Julio Jones back. It's unclear. It's all up in the air right now. 
Leonard Fournette hasn't had very many big games. I think this could be a, a big Lombardi-Lenny kind of week. I don't want to pick against the Chiefs in this game because I know they really need it, but I don't have enough faith right now in the offense for Kansas City post-Tyreek Hill. They looked great in week one, but I think that was more Arizona Cardinals defense than it was KC offense in the last two games. I know they beat the Chargers, but that win doesn't happen without a 99-yard interception return for a touchdown against Los Angeles in that Thursday night game. So you take that away from the Chiefs, and you recognize that they played bad offensively at the Colts last week. I don't know that I can suddenly expect it to turn around. So give me the Bucks minus the point. I, I didn't know I would be going this direction, and I don't love it for myself, but that is the way I'm going to go with this. Now looking at the total, it's 46. The Bucs are going to have a decent offensive game. Uh, it's probably over. It probably does get over, but it wouldn't shock me if it didn't. 27-20, I'm going to say barely it gets over. Buccaneers 27, Chiefs just 20. Feels like it's going to be tough for them to win by that many points. But if it ends up being like 27-26, 27-23, you know, something like that, I, I, it's just one point. So if I think the Bucs are going to win the game, I'm not going to, there's no way to, to not pick the Bucs minus the points. So give me Tampa, and I'm going to say over, but I don't feel great about that total pick. But that's where I'm heading. And we're going to make it our final game of the slate this week at the NFL. It's an interesting one as the Rams travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Did not look good last week, Mr. Garoppolo, in the 11-10 to loss against the Broncos. I don't know that he's going to look that great this week either. I'm thinking it's going to be a good game for the Rams' offense. I know these games between the Rams and the Niners are always very interesting. That was the NFC Championship game last year. The Rams survived it narrowly. I don't think I agree with the Niners being favored. I haven't seen enough from Jimmy G to believe that he's going to get this offense clicking right away against Rams defense that held Kyler to 12 points last week. So even on the road, it wouldn't really matter about the Rams being on the road. They're always on the road because they moved from St. Louis where their fans actually were. Oops. I guess they don't care about that, though. Plus one and a half for the Rams. I think that's the way I'm going. They they win the game outright if I, if I had my way. Not that I'm rooting for it, but I am rooting for Cooper Cup forever and always because he's on most of my fantasy teams for the last couple of years because uh, he's freaking awesome. But I'm going to look at the Rams to get to, it'll be, they'll get a couple touchdowns, but it might be some weirdness with field goals. Give me Rams 26, 49ers. Brr, I, I'm going to say they get to 20 points. So that means over the 42 and a half. Man, I really hope it's not under the 42 and a half or that's going to be an ugly Monday night football game. That's going to do it, though, for this edition of B-Shape Daily. Week 4 NFL picks are in the books. Let's try to do better against the over-unders than we did last week. Let's try to keep that momentum of the spread picks going. I mentioned I was going to do some fantasy talk at the end of this one. I'm not going to be able to fit it in because i got to get to my radio show within the next couple of minutes on KTGR. But I'll try to get a podcast out before Sunday about some fantasy guys, and then we can make that a regular part of the rotation moving forward. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash bshafer12 if you would like to support the podcast moving forward. You'd be my dog for doing it. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on Shafe Daily. Peace!